Greetings, Namaste, Shalom, and Aloha. I am the Beyond Top Secret Texan. Thank you sincerely, everyone out there in Dreamland, for joining me on another episode of the Beyond Top Secret Podcast. It is my absolute honor and pleasure to bring you a new special guest, a science fiction author of space operas, epics, real, connected, world-building, master-crafted scenes, characters, breathtaking scenery. The experience of reading her narrations is like being transported mentally into the worlds that we had previously physically been to in past lives as other species, as other extraterrestrial species, as spirit beings. She is truly tapping into the Akashic Records, this author. It's my great honor to bring you Rainier Yeah. She has now joined the Zoom chat. It would be my great honor to be connecting with her. Without further ado, I thank you, each and every one of you, for listening to this podcast, which is available on every major podcast directory, podcast hosting site, from iHeartRadio, Spotify, Anchor, you have your choice. I also upload uh, videos onto YouTube full-time, at least once a week. I upload videos to TikTok. I upload uh, videos and pictures of research, material, evidence, and humor. Uh, a variety of subjects, but they're all from the heart on Instagram. Um, I enjoy communicating with you, but due to the overwhelming number of trolls, shills, bots, and antagonists, um, especially lately in these incredibly uh, war-torn times on the internet, um, I am asking that if everyone would wish to contact me, comment, or direct message me with a question, etc., to highlight something on the show or to better explain any subject that I've covered in the 400-plus videos, 200-plus podcasts that I've created, um, or 100-plus podcasts I've created, two seasons of them, 400-plus YouTube videos since 2018, uh, full-time only since 2020, though, so keep that in mind. Um, that this subject has, I understand if you're curious, I understand if you're, if you're confused, I understand if you're needing some help, uh, clarifying some things for only a dollar a month, you can purchase access to my Patreon. You can contribute to my coffee. You can contribute to my PayPal. After that, you have access to direct messaging, DMing, contacting me, uh, conversations, and I'll do my best to promptly answer every single query that you guys have, every single question, every single um, issue I hope to kind of explain for you guys. Um, the dollar a month access is cheaper than a cup of coffee at the corner store, uh, and that's just one cup of coffee but for, per month, so you get 30 days for that one dollar. It's a great deal. It's incredible value. Um, and this keeps away the bots, the shills, the trolls quite effectively. It filters every all the antagonists out and it leaves only the people who I know support and um, that I know I can trust with my information and my time. Other than that, I simply cannot uh, trust or, or 
blown any more of my time to commenting to um, outside unsolicited um, questions or comments um, unless it's from those that I already know are members of my Patreon. Those that I already know have, uh, have uh, tipped me on PayPal or coffee. And it's only $1 per month to get that access to direct messaging on patreon.com slash beyond top secret Texan on PayPal beyond top secret Texan on coffee beyond top secret Texan and thank you all very much for considering that if you um, are a little tight for cash right now because I understand that the economy is is sinking uh, to the bottom of Mariana's Trench as we speak simply liking my videos spending your time watching them getting that that view count up, getting that uh, total watch hour count up, that number up, sharing, um, going through my playlists and just kind of browsing the archive. Like I said, 400 videos, they're great to binge on, great to explore. If you like rabbit holes, you can dive down them. Um, sharing with your friends is the major form of advertising that I have. Let's get these numbers, these subscribers into the uh, tens of thousands and so we can all uh, better profit from it and enjoy it both as a community as you know the community grows so does everyone's wealth of experience and um, as a channel itself getting access to larger and more um, powerful venues to share the message and it will be you the supporter you the fan you the audience member out there in dreamland that makes this dream a reality so thank you all very much let's get into the conversation the next time you hear my voice will be speaking with Renair, yeah. Oh, there we go. Yeah, I can hear you too. Thank you. Yes. Um, no, thank you. I, thank you for obliging me and, and, and accepting my invitation to the Beyond Tap Secret Texan podcast. Thank you very much. Um, I can hear you. You're coming in clear. Yeah, no problem. It looks Excellent. like it looks like we got the technical difficulties all sorted out. Let's. Uh, yeah. Well. Go on, continue. Now there seems to be a oh, little bit you of hear a me lag. Now? Yes. Yeah, that's to be expected, though. Of course, miracle of science, regardless, right? Yeah. Absolutely. So, as a courtesy, um, um, I will say, um, I will ask, you know what your thoughts are if I'm going to make a point you know because that we might interrupt each other you will have the floor whenever you decide to start speaking uh, I will allow you to so it will record on my end um, you know without me interrupting you or anything so feel free to speak uh, and everything just um, let loose exactly relax this is an organic conversation it's it's very casual um, and, and, you know, I know your time is valuable, and so I'll only take an hour of your time. And, and hopefully that'll be, um... Yeah. Yeah, that, that'll be uh, enough to cover the beginnings of just your work, your canon, your, your creation, your universe. Um, because you, uh, Renair, um, uh, yeah... Or I, I well, introduce yourself in your own words to my audience. To start. Okay. Um. Well, I'm a, a sci-fi writer. Um. And my name's Raina. Um. Uh, my my surname is Yeah, which means 
Leaf in Mandarin because my husband's Chinese, so I took his um, surname. Yes, yeah, so hi, my name's Raina, yeah, and um, I've been writing sci-fi for about four years now. I used to teach science in Shanghai, and I used to teach um, English in um, a few different countries in East Asia too. Yeah, but after I had kids, I said to my husband, I don't, I don't feel like going back to teaching, you know, it's really, really exhausting. And he said, well, why don't you write a book? And um, I've written about 15 books now. They're quite short books. They're only about 40,000 words each. But um, yeah, so that's what I'm doing now. And um, I'm looking forward to making a living from it. I'm not making a living from it yet, but it's incredibly enjoyable. It's as enjoyable as reading a good sci-fi. So yeah, it takes me on a journey and it takes my readers on a journey too. You have a talent. You have an acumen for this. And um, it shows. It's very apparent. You are a natural. And you obviously are um, well-educated. Very, very highly educated and well-traveled. And I believe, because we can jump right into examining your critical, your work, um, uh, your artistic uh, work, um, that your real-life traveling, teaching... Engaging with humanity, seeing past the differences, and seeing the commonalities between wildly different, seemingly alien worlds, and and bridging those connections, um, that is, you know, obviously very well represented in your space operas. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I guess so. Yeah, I mean, some some people in the reviews they write that even though the stories they take place on other planets, um, the human element is still there. It's still very much like Earth. And I guess yeah, so far my worlds are very much like Earth. Even though some of them are um, orbit red suns, red dwarfs, and some orbit orange suns. I mean, they all look kind of different on the outside, but ev everybody's you know got. Human eyes see them, see these worlds. Human hearts feel emotions, human emotions. And even though they're cyborgs and they're clone slaves and they're Mayan um, chiefs and shaman, you feel that whether it's the year 50,000 or the year 500, that humanity... Like experientially, existentially, is one unified life, one unified species. You can call it reincarnation. You can call it the shared soul. Um, your work is actually very um, complex, merging many different topics. Um, could you help share the yeah. process that? helped create such a massive space opera universe that you set your stories in yeah I'd, I'd love to um so when um I was kind of struggling at that time in my life because um my son he he was um about one or two years old and my daughter she was a toddler so you know you get lots of sleep deprivation like brain bleeding and stuff being a mom um, very very tiring um, 
but in in my spare time I was just um, building my universe and before I started writing my first book on the NASA website um, and studying about exoplanets and um, yeah I kind of looked at the different maps and I, I based I based my diff- my seven different solar systems on apparent um, solar systems for different exoplanets um, so there's kind of a lot of science behind it but I, I don't use massive information dumps in my book and explain about all of that but it just it just helped me to build my universe really to visualize it and then think about what would the fauna and flora look like on a world like that and then just kind of design it and um, then I started designing different religions different gods and goddesses different types of people different ethnicities and it, it was really fun but yeah it took me five months to world build the planet alliance and then after that then i started writing my first book you're very uh reminiscent of many great sci-fi authors in that action of world building such as um um herbert's dune um, and, you know, the, you, it's, it's refreshing to see such a care and attention to detail paid in the world building of spe- science fiction, the same as it would be put into world building fantasy. Yeah, I mean, in in a way, it is uh, some of it is space fantasy. Um, mm-hmm. a, a lot of my books do do have metaphysical science fiction in. There's quite a lot of spiritualism. I mean, my my first main character in my first series, her name's Adra. She's kind of based on myself, really. Um, she does yoga, but she calls it union, and um, she does kind of shamanic traveling and stuff, which which for me is as normal as washing the dishes really mm-hmm. uh, so so you could say there's quite a lot of fantasy in my space opera too now that leads me into another question there's a lot of real world um, uh, inspirations to the, the characters real world religious practices real world issues such as uh, their occupations retirement um, is, there, is there a lot of autobiographical inspiration is there a lot of real-world inspiration where these uh, characters... And I think we're putting the horse before the cart uh, before you allow, uh, you're allowed to explain your universe. But, like, uh, do real-world politics or real-world events, real-world uh, inspirations... I know you had said previously Ancient Aliens, the History Channel documentary show, um, about the extraterrestrial and uh, possibilities, theories in existence today that helped influence your uh, works like in the star uh, people the Mayan star people oh yes yes all all the time all the time I'm I'm inspired from um, different so yeah ancient aliens that inspired my most recent book which I wrote a, quite a short book just 20,000 words um, called the Mayan star people I just just loved watching that show and I'm kind of sitting on the fence about you know is it true or is it not but I mean there's lots of very intelligent people who agree with a lot of those theories um you know like 
academics and stuff. So, mm. no, yeah, I, I absolutely love it. And then, and then my own experiences, traveling and, you know, being friends with people from different religions and everything. And then in um, my book, Cyborg Assassin, <clears throat> that's about the communist, a war between the communists and capitalists. So I use positive and negative uh sides of communism and capitalism in in those books in those uh, in that story um also yufu's run um there's terrorism in that um cyber terrorism and yeah i, I used you know I, I was inspired by terrorism on planet earth and um also communism and capitalism as well later on there's a war between the in Yufu's run as well. I mean, I, I lived in China. I lived in South Korea. I learned a lot from my students in South Korea about North Korea, about the communism there. Um, I've seen good sides and bad sides to both communism and capitalism. Um, and I think it's, and no, I think it's yeah. very apparent and and very much like Heinlein. Um, you know, from Starship Troopers fame and many other stories, Heinlein wrote his science fictions wrapped around the politics of the age of the current world the, the, the discussions of fascism of cold war politics communism represented in the actions of um, the starship troopers and the bugs and the insect armies um, those were his uh, canvases to paint his political feelings and I think that's, yeah. that, that's good science fiction that's the purpose of science fiction is to it's to both entertain and to educate yeah yeah and to really root root for your characters too you know and mm -hmm. um i i really i really love um george r r martin's game of game of thrones series the song of ice and fire series i mean he really in reading that whole series when my son was just a newborn baby that inspired me to write um, and I love the fact that, like, even his his villains, they have a good side too, you know. Mm -hmm. And then the heroes, they have a they have a bad side too. So I, I love that too to see the the yin and the yang in in the characters, you know. Even even the villain, you know, even a really nasty villain might have lots of love for for their child or something, you know. I think it's <laughs> yeah, very... I, I love writing about kind of emotions and compassion and hatred and things like that well like you said you spent a lot of time in the orient in the far east i think that's very eastern to think that a person is neither good nor evil but they can do both good and evil and that actions are what what's evil and you know situations etc like i know the japan in america for example in the west people are considered born good or bad and in Japan, it's considered a person is made good or bad based on their life experiences. Yeah. Now, in your own words, um, because for many people, I, I, I did not uh, properly explain or, or we have not properly explained your space opera universe. In your own words, could you give a narration of the setting the events yeah. that lead to the stories and the different um, story serials you have. You have Fire Serpent, you have Yuffie's Run, you have your um, uh, universe played out in, in several different arcs, several different 
um, timelines. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, so it's called the Planet Alliance. There are eight habitable habitable worlds. There are only actually seven solar systems, but um, then that that's all of the world building. Now, my first series is um, called Space Shifters of the Fire Snake. Um, the first book is um, Five Light Years to the Fire. Hold on one second. You're phasing out. Could you repeat that? Oh no, it looks like we have a technical difficulty. So, unfortunately, could you repeat that? Yeah, okay. Yeah, so, um, the first... Yeah, no problem. Um, so, the Planet Alliance... Most most of my stories are set in the Planet Alliance. There, there are seven solar systems. Um, some some of the, the worlds, they orbit red suns. Some of them orbit orange suns. But um, the first 
series is mostly set on the White Sun world called Planet Quanja, and that series is called Planet Slaves. It's also known as the Fire Snake series because every every book is um, based in a fire snake, which is based on Indonesia, really. It's an archipelago like Indonesia. It's on a sun world. Um, so that that's yeah, a lot of a lot of that's based on the, my time living in Indonesia, really. Um, even the the Faili Temple, I, I learnt Shaolin every morning in Jakarta in a Buddhist temple. So even even the temple is. Um, based on my real life experience, but of, of course, never got involved with the mafia or human trafficking or anything. But I, I have very, very strong feelings about human trafficking. I, I absolutely hate it, and I feel like more could be done to smash human trafficking rings. Um, so yeah, it's just it's a, it's about interstellar um, human trafficking, and but also a lot of magic comes into it and time travel too. Which I, I hadn't planned in the first place, but it just kind of made its way into the series in the second or the third book or something. Did you hear that? Yes, we yes we have heard. It. We're, we're riveted. Uh, I am riveted. There's no one else here. I am riveted. Um, that I am absolutely on the edge of my seat hearing this. This is. Um, you may not prescribe to this. Uh, theories uh, that we believe in or I believe in and we in the UFO community uh, that this is more real than it is fiction and you are dramatizing without knowing it channeling this information uh, what we call from the Akashic Records um, you know because we our terminology is that of the um, Hindu and Vedic teachings many times uh, you know, into the ancient world religions to help explain the experience of being connected to the real life cosmic reality of mankind being in an extraterrestrial reality where there are extraterrestrial species that we are in outer space secretly there is human trafficking like I said, interstellar human trafficking involving clones the fact that human beings have spirits though enables each human being even the clone to be able to liberate and to ascend and enrich enlightenment. And it's very much like a, a marriage of the scientific impossibilities, the scientific uh, incredible, uh, like, you know, realities, plus the mystical supernatural realities. And it's yeah. very much in the eye of the beholder where people who are very much materialist will say, there is no such thing as telekinesis that's electromagnetic biokinesio you know impulses controlling the you know whatever material you know around you and you can just say it's mind powers both are accurate both are uh, equally capable of defining the reality you're in and for you to write these as novels it's very inspiring and refreshing because it's really like you're you wrote these novels with full prior knowledge to what I personally discuss and it's a very outlying and and very obscure topic 
less than maybe a hundred thousand people in America know about this topic, for example. Yeah, well, to be honest, um, there's a there's a lot I don't know. Um, but um, when when I was 18 years old, I, I was involved in a big motorcycle accident, and um, uh, and after that, a skater friend of mine. He was a bit crazy. He was like addicted to ketamine. Anyway he came and visited me in, in hospital and he gave me this book called the, the gentle arts of Aquarian magic and he told me he he took he took it off his mother's bookshelf and he gave it to me his mother was a white witch and um that just changed my life you know I I learned how to um astrally project and um and I and I kind of practice witchcraft and stuff like that. So I I, I know a lot of people who you're amongst who friends. Know things like that. You're amongst friends, fellow traveler. If you walk the path of enlightenment and gnosis, then absolutely, this is the place to talk about it and to kind of let that be open in the terms of inspirations. Um, I it's you know something that I am not only into but but actually am very interested in hearing others' journeys into the worlds that are, um, um, you know, just, just real life fantasy at this point. It's not, it's not the, the real life fantastical, the real life miraculous, the real life, um, supernatural and extraordinary. Um, oh, yes. And that's why I said astral projection, dream walking, remote viewing, um, yeah. psychic channeling, this is the way we in this community actually um, channel information, and it's it's proven by the CIA, it's proven by the the DIA, the military, and in America there's no higher authority. Much like in in the UK, the government, the military tried it. They 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 experiment with it. They know what they're talking about. They wouldn't do it if it wasn't serious. And yeah. The, the same thing with witchcraft. We all know the elites practice magic in many ways, invocations, um, summonings, law of attraction, you know, uh, everything from animal magnetism to the, the manifestation of wealth and success, etc. That's all supernaturally oriented. And it's no yeah, different it's, it's in terms science, of science. Oh, go ahead. Exactly. Yeah, I totally agree. It, it is science. It's just scientists haven't explained it yet that's all and quantum physics quantum physicists are starting to see little glimpses of things but but yeah it's just science really and and occultism is starting to be recognized as science well the the ideas of alchemy etc that's more of the middle ages and the renaissance but that is there all ancient societies didn't make a difference between science engineering and magic and in fact, the priest class was the engineer and, and mathematician class. That's why all the ancient religions have a lot to do with mathematics, like ge geometry and things. <laughs> it's, it's absolutely based in rationality and logic and effect. It's, it works. To put it simply, it works. And people don't want you to think that because it empowers you as an individual and it shows you the truth. Now, uh, the the other stories you have, Yuffie's run, um, is one of them. Do you like? Do you mind going through it and just explaining some of the characters, their circumstances? Yes, that's absolutely fine. So Yufu, he's a bit, he's a bit like a Chinese guy, really. Mm -hmm. But um, 
in in my in my um universe the the chinese koreans and um japanese i mean east asian people they're called jurgens but um anyhow yeah so yufu he's the main character and he is in the first series too so he does get to um shapeshift and teleport using um by meditating above a magical river connected to the pyramid so the pyramids they're actually time portals but at the end of my second trilogy which is called red star a little boy called maki um from the book maki the superhero he closes the time portals because it's just too dangerous to have them open and people are starting to um shapeshift and um there's a whole war going on so the time portals get closed and the magic stops flowing at the end of the red star trilogy which is my second series and then it's yufu's run so the whole idea was um yufu's run that that's not going to have magic in it it's not going to have time travel for those sci-fi readers who don't like fantasy in their sci-fi it was my husband who inspired me to do that because i was like this this isn't working working from a marketing perspective um I was kind of really confused, you know, because my first series it it had so such a mishmash of subgenres and from a marketing perspective it was very difficult to like make any money from it. So my husband said to me, "Well, the magic is no magic." kind of thing, but I am writing about magic again like the Mayan star people recently that's got magic, but um yeah, Yufu's run that that strictly has no magic and no time travel in it. However, in Yufu's Run Five, um, there is like an ancient alien race who who have really innovative technology, and they can, they travel through the different dimensions. So he does get trapped in like the seventh dimension, or is it the ninth dimension? I can't remember now. So it started getting a bit magical by Yufu's Run Five. I couldn't help myself, and nice. and there was a guy who was working for the Secret Service, and he he um he was a remote viewer and. But that's not like magic. That. But that's not really magic. I know, it's, it's, I know it, but so many people are closed-minded, aren't I they? I don't know. It, well, Arthur yeah. C. Clarke said it best when he said, um, "Technology that's sufficiently advanced is indistinguishable from magic to a primitive mm. society." And it shows what the reader and their primitive, their primitive uh, reader, you know, viewpoints that they believe this technology is more magic than the. Then the possibilities and the the uh, beauty of real science in the future. People think the future is going to be exactly like it is now, with with just basic gadgets, with no evolution of the human being, with no evolution of possibilities, and they don't even realize what is possible, like teleportation, shape shifting, the time portals through architecture. Um, the bending of space and time through architecture has been talked about in science fiction for the last 200 years. Yeah. That the idea also, that, yeah, that, that, oh, go on. Well, like, like, um, I, I tell my kids sometimes, you know, oh, this is like a, if it's like a deja vu, if something's like a deja vu, maybe it's because it has already happened because the mm-hmm. future has already happened, hasn't it? Um, well, you, and maybe are Engl- or you are in the UK you you must yeah. know about Doctor Who yes <laughs> they, of course yeah, and, and that is the perfect science fiction story because it is both science and fantasy 
and, it, and it's, yes, it's a way, yeah, and and it's that is the the I think the lesson people should know is that everything from the magic blue box that travels through time and and it's bigger on the inside than it is on the outside, it looks like it's very silly. Those are mm. miraculously in, uh, intelligent observations about science, and it's extremely hard to explain. So it appears to be like a like a gesture. Telling people in the court the truth, like where it's just they can't process, they can't accept it, so they think it's a joke. And and science fiction authors are like the modern day jesters, where we're pointing out like the like the possibilities. And like Mm -hmm. you said, um, they think it's we're talking about magic, we're talking about the impossible, and you're like nothing Mm -hmm. is impossible if you're intelligent enough to make it possible. Yeah. It's it's fascinating that you talked about the Mayan star people in your latest work and that the idea of them being primitive uh, or um, having been um, just a one of a a competing set of, of empires and civilizations that were defeated by the Spanish. But then your story has them directly interacting with extraterrestrials that are affecting their DNA, manipulating their society, uh, stealing their gold. What are your views? Well, first of all, could you, could you explain that narrative? What made you write that? What inspired the Mayan star people? Um, Because like I said, you, you are typically from the East or to us, the East. And this one is very much Native American, Aboriginal, Western Hemisphere. Um, the writing uh, seems to have a different tone, and this—that's the—I'll admit—that's the only novel I had the chance in this limited time to actually read, all the way through. And I'm very, very hungry to read the other ones. Very hungry to go through that novel, uh, through your entire series. Um, not, and, but seeing that as a sample, I was like very much, you know, and reading your public samples, hearing your your audios on them and stuff. That this is, you know, you definitely embody a different, like you embody the narrator. It's it, you you take that that role where it changes your perception, it changes the way you like almost speak and write, the way that you understand the world through the character's eyes is or through the people's eyes, the story's eyes. It's not like you're from the year 5000 and you're talking about the Mayan star people. It feels like you are making sense of the world as it happens. Well, uh, that's what the author needs to try to do. And, and that's the way I, I, I learned how to write. I mean, um, to try try and step into the character's shoes and, and imagine that you're them, really. Uh, yeah, I, I watched Ancient Aliens. Of course, that inspired me. And, and I was also watching lots of TED Talks about quantum phys- physics and... Um, and uh, remote viewing, and I've always I've always loved shamanism. Absolutely love love um, shamanism and stuff. Um, so yeah, we just I just wrote it into the dark, really, um, and dictated it into the dark as well. Um, but I, yeah, I did I did do do some some journeying myself, like after yoga, and just like um, you know met met um, some star people, some um, yeah you know the tall whites and they took me to a planet and I saw the towers and and then I met met the eagle man 
Um, well, if you could help that, that, explain a little uh, bit of this journey and what that inspiration led into, what, in your own words, what is the story of the Star People? Well, that's the thing. You see, I, I think I, I, I know as much as the reader really because I, I didn't plan it. I was just writing it into the dark, so I didn't even know if, if the tall whites are actually going to be the baddies or the goodies, and um, I just kind of let let the let let the story flow. I mean, it's called, it's also called pantsing. It's where you kind of um, you just you just kind of write it without planning it. Um, so I, I cut it a bit short, to be honest, because I'm writing another series at the moment, um, and it was quite it was quite difficult um, concentrating on two at the same time. But I was planning for that that's the Mayan Star People to be quite a short book anyway, a short story. So that's only twenty thousand words, but it's going to be like a whole series of short stories. There's going to be, and it's all going to be inspired by watching ancient aliens, um, um, you know. With not not just the Mayans, but also the Aztecs and um, the Sumerians, and uh, you know ancient eight. I mean, I've I've got a good friend called Ting Ting. She lives in Hong Kong, and um, I studied science with her in Oxford. And um, when she read my Facebook page, she was like, "Oh yeah, you know the the Chinese Chinese have found like evidence of ancient aliens in the emperor's." tomb and things like that as well so i'd like to write a story about the ancient chinese and ancient aliens and that would be very fascinating especially since um like you said there are pyramids you can connect the pyramids and all the pyramid cultures and like you said the pyramids are like um their purpose is mysterious in itself and no one knows not only about their construction but whether or not they were time vortexes power stations um whether or not they were like uh, spaceports for UFO landings. Yeah. yeah, it is crazy because it is crazy and Stonehenge as well. You know, how did they carry those massive stones all the way from Wales? Exactly. They, they must to have Somerset. had. They must have had technology that was much more advanced, but they were also probably using methods that were extraterrestrial in, in origin. Like I said, they had help. And it's something that the most obvious answer is they had help. They, Like I said, the tall whites in the story of the star people, they're not good nor bad. But you, you're right. You even mentioned that there are good and bad things that That's they true. do and different. Like you make it a very clear point that the shaman at the end of it is telling, um, I believe you pronounced that character's name, I.K.? Yeah, um, I, I'm, to be honest, I'm not 100% sure how to pr pronounce her name anyway, but I, I got the name from the, the Mayan charts of the different names because they had a different name for every day of um, the month or something like that. Um, Ick, Ick and Eb, I, I mean, I don't know how you pronounce it, but those are proper Mayan names. Yes, I, I don't know how to pronounce it either. In fact, I'm very, it's very uh, humbling to even say that I am actually just now beginning to study and research proper the Yucatan people, the culture of the Maya and the Aztec, um, you know, it's it's a very mysterious and lost history. It's not even, yeah. just, it's not publicized. Although everyone knows who the Aztec and the Mayan are, there are only mm. like 12 saved writings and most of them are, are untranslated. Like, I think there's only one proper codex that they translated and only within the last like 50 years 
it is definitely a lost culture, lost civilization, especially Mayan. And they're not, they're not even called the Mayan historically. The Mayan were their word for hello. It's like calling oh, the Hawaiians wow. aloha. Oh, wow. I, I didn't know that. Neither yeah. did I. Neither did I. Yeah. <laughs> Neither did I. They, were, that they came to the whites and they said, or they came to people and they would say Maya. And then they were known as yeah. the Mayans. But Maya is the ancient Hindu Vedic god, uh, mm. goddess of nature, or goddess of the world, Maya. Oh, wow. And that they have definite roots and connections to ancient Indians, or at least the culture that created the ancient Indians, which is the ancient Indo-Aryans, who were traditionally Caucasoid, gigantic, and white. Like Quetzalcoatl, right. the rain god, is represented as a, a white man with a blonde beard and blue eyes wearing white armor. Like yeah. steel armor. And none of that fits the culture, the description, or the geography. Oh, it's Many, crazy. Exactly. And like you wrote about tall whites, that there's idea that when you write tall whites, people think extraterrestrial. They, they don't think Nordic. They don't think Venusian. They don't think uh, human or Atlantean or Lemurian. Um, mm. The mystery, though, in the story is left a mystery. You're from the view. You're writing from the viewpoint, and it's coming through 100% from the character who's confused and knows this is reality because she sees it with her very eyes, but is still... And I'm confused. I was confused, too. <laughs> When I was writing that, I was confused too. <laughs> exactly. it com- it's good though because exactly like if you're a human, you're you're the mystery, the the unexplained, the unsolved, is the human condition. We do not know. We do not have power over this. You know, we we are we are always questioning because we're at a state of primitivism. We're at a state of of um, special childhood. And I think that it's it's interesting that your characters generally are um, seeing everything kind of for the first time too. Now, yeah. is that the same um, around the, the your different stories, your Plan 8, your um, your Fire Snake, your Yuffie's Run series? Is um. that the same like kind of uh, approach you bring um, um i don't know really because um adra who's kind of based on me i mean she she does um she does shamanic journeying and stuff so so she um she sees her spirit guardian who's half owl and half human but later on in the series it turns out that that so-called spirit guardian that hybrid is actually from another planet called planet epoyo and um which which means beautiful in the Korean language, <laughs> and um, yeah, that that um, planet is is very good at genetic. Every everyone's like genetically engineered and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know really. I mean, I haven't reached a really. I mean, I'm quite spiritual, but still, I'm I'm very primitive myself. So it's really difficult to write about a super enlightened being when I myself am not not super enlightened if you know what I mean. I don't know, there there are some space wizards. They're called Narcs, and and they're in the Red Star trilogy, and they've got human bodies, but their faces are like moles, and they've got kind of paws like moles, and they don't speak, but they they whistle, and they talk, and then when when they're communicating like that, 
there's kind of colourful squiggles in the air and and they, they just do a, a load of really crazy magic and everything. But um, I think I might actually make them characters in a computer game. So in, in the series I'm writing at the moment, I'm just thinking maybe there's going to be like a boy on planet Earth in the future and he's playing a computer game. So the characters in the whole series, they're actually just in a computer game. But I don't know, it's just an idea. Um, well, you have incredible yeah, ideas. Yeah, I don't know much really, to be honest. So. You have an incredible mind. You have oh. a very fertile mind for creating characters and situations. And you are writing them as fictions. But I believe that you are channeling this information from the Akashic Records. You are channeling this information from the, the, the reality that's present in front of your eyes. And it seems to be like you're holistically collecting this information as inspiration. And and um, you are, for example, you're processing the realities of the UFO lore as it exists, right? And then creating fictions based on that lore so that the characters are fictive, the, the names are fictive, but the elemental effects of the cosmic order of the realities, say, of cloning, of the human trafficking, of the enlightenment, of the human spirit, regardless of where it is in space and time, the appearance of what the common man would define as magic, but is like science related to time and dimensions and, and uh, energy, and the communication between extraterrestrials and human beings, um, the intelligent design of their of our society, our evolution, our genetics, our language, etc. That all I think is very, very much uh, uh, brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. And I, I cannot say that enough. Um, around my city right now and everything, so that's probably disrupting the the Zoom call on your end. Nasty weather around the country, really. A lot of storm activity, a lot of rain, a lot of electricity, like electrical storms, wreaking havoc on oh, the wireless. Yeah, it was it was the same here in the UK for about about nearly two weeks. But just today, it's very nice and clear. It's the first first time we've had sunshine again for for a week or so. Summer summer storms, I guess. Summer storms, and yeah. You know, it, it's, I think, the a good thing. I think the Earth is actually healing itself. I think the Earth is in a period of self-repair, self-recovery. And, and oh, that, I hope so. Hmm? I hope so. Rain is always a good thing, even if it floods and storms and, you know, ruins people's um, days, etc. For the Earth, rain is always good. Rain is always oh, welcome. Oh, yeah. Definitely. And, um, all right, so I, I know your time is precious. We're already reaching the hour mark. And just to kind of um, take advantage of this, this uh, connection while we have it, in your own yeah. words, could you help uh, or could you show us any or tell us any projects you're currently working on? Um, okay. Social media we can find you on, how to support you, yeah. how, to how to get your, your books. You provide great deals, like five books for the cost of one. Um, well, 
Yeah, I, I was I was doing that, but I was actually um, like spending more money than I was making. So I'm I'm I, I haven't actually really made money from this, like all of this writing and everything. And and that's what I'd like to do. So what I'm doing now is I'm I'm, I'm afraid I'm not really doing sales anymore. Oh, that's fine. Um, I'm, I'm, in fact, my apology for bringing that up, but your promotionals, um, you know, are. I was I was all the time. I was doing free books and everything all the time. But I think it was kind of sending out the wrong energy because um, I just felt like I was kind of being taken advantage of because I just like. Had free books like all the time and just like not making any like actually spending money on on promoting. So so now what I'm doing is I'm learning how to advertise um, using Amazon Amazon ads. Like I'm learning that. I bought an, a course learning how to do that. So every day I'm working for like two hours learning how to do like keyword ads. Um, but but I do I do have a free book called Prequel to the Fire Snake, and and I wrote that when I was um, four books into the first series. So that's quite fast paced. And it's, yeah, it's got time traveling and shape shifting and things. And it, it introduces a couple of the main characters. Um, and then Mackie the superhero, that's quite cool. That's um, that's 99 cents at the moment. And that is just one boy's point of view. His storyline across um, the two series well it probably starts from a he's introduced in book four so so that's like the end of the first series and the trilogy he's he's the hero in that and he he, he closed this time portal at the end he's only a five-year-old though so it's quite a childish perspective but there's there's i took the swearing out his dad's swearing and stuff so it's suitable for middle grade kids as well that's my only book suitable for middle grade kids um, but yeah i'm i'm on instagram uh Raina, yeah author that's that's my instagram name and i'm on i'm on facebook a bit too um yeah so are you still there Yes, yes, I am. I'm, I'm, oh. I'm just letting you um, have your peace and speak um, your truth. Exactly. Now, if you could provide me the links, uh, I could post them up on my description for this show and all on my social media as well. And oh, wow. I will be promoting your material because I believe in your fiction so much as a beneficial education and and entertainment source for people who are seeking. Um, not only for themselves to enjoy a good science fiction story that speaks about relevant subjects, about the truth in its own way, its own unique way, but solid science fiction in general, many people, exactly, are um, just just looking. Like they said, they, they, they're, they're, they're always ready and available for good science fiction. I'll help as much as I can promote and publicize uh, your efforts uh, to them, but also... I would disagree and say that your stories are actually very suitable for a young audience, specifically teenagers, uh, older teenagers in high school. Yeah. Uh, when I was reading yeah. them, I was you said you, a lot of your novels are YA, young adult. Um, not really. Um, my my, not really. Only um, well, probably the Mayan star people suitable because there are no f bombs. And um, Mackie the superhero is suitable because it's from a child's perspective. But there's a lot of a lot of swearing. <laughs> um, a couple of the characters, Yufu, he swears a lot. He uses the f bomb a lot. And Akashi, he he's like a spy. He swears quite a lot. So 
I would, I would uh, think I, that that is going to sell more books than it is going to stop people from buying it. People love swearing maybe. in novels. People love swearing, especially teenagers. Teenagers swear all the time. <laughs> Me too. I swear a bit too much, dear. That's what the cool kids do. The cool kids are always swearing. It's like, F-bomb that, mom, F-bomb this. They, yeah, I guess oh, so. Oh, yeah. It's probably it's true. No, I think it's perfect. I would have read that. Exactly. Yeah. I think I think for a teenager who wants to learn about like space opera, who wants to read a good science fiction story, uh, but doesn't want to read a story written in the '60s or the '70s because they don't think it relates to them, and they want to include yeah. the the YA experience, which is magical realism, which is um, yeah. emotional which is personal experience driven stories um, that it's not hard science fiction it's not dry technical babble yeah. it's not yeah, um, it's not it's not hard it's mm. not oh, intimidating uh, many science fiction books are like and fantasy books are like 10,000 pages Oh yes, my my books are very short. Actually, I've been I've been criticised about that, but they're not expensive either. They're just two dollars ninety nine. I prefer a smaller book. I prefer a, a, a I prefer a more streamlined and tighter narrative than I do. And I have a uh, creative writing degree. I have an English degree from oh. a major university in Texas. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, and, and not to go and, and this is not about. So I didn't want to bring it up. Uh, but yeah, academically, uh, oh. I have read thousands of books and many of them being in from the 20th century I prefer that the trend in the 21st century is to streamline the narration process because we do not need to continually experience um, or continually try to digest tens, uh, thousands and thousands of pages when hundreds of pages will do there's no need to, to read millions of words when yeah. when the right word will do. And you are efficient in creating the most elaborate of worlds and the richest of characters in the quickest way possible. Yeah, I, I try to be. Probably um, my later books are more streamlined than my first books. Um, but I try to make my first book streamlined too, the Fire Snake series, but Yufu's runs a lot more streamlined. I, I think, yeah, where I show, well, I, I try to show and not tell, you know, not give them a massive lecture about the world building, just show it as, as the story unravels. In fact, I think um, your your stories are perfect for audiobook format. If you would, yeah, yeah, I'd, if you would I'd, read love, to, some I'd of those, love to. Yeah, providing those on Kindle or, or um, you know, pursuing that option. Uh, even as yeah, like well. YouTube videos and things like that, like to, to for oh, well, um, I I do have a YouTube channel, and um, there's there's a book that is free. Actually, I forgot to mention there's there's no magical time travel in that series though. Well, I've only written one book. It's called Cyborg Assassin, and um, if if your listeners if they if they um go onto my website, which is it's Raina Yeah Author. Dot com. So it's my name and then author, all joined together, dot com. And straight away, when they go onto my website, they'll see that they can download the Cyborg Assassin ebook for free 
um, and they'll get a link from Book Funnel, so it's quite easy to go onto their electronic device. But they would need to sign up to my newsletter to do that. And also, I narrate. I've narrated the whole of that that book on YouTube. Um, but yeah, it's like a video file, um, so you can see me reading it. Um, and so some people like it. Uh, yeah, like to listen to that. But yeah, I do have an English accent, so it might be a bit strange. Uh, but yeah, that, that's that's for free. Cyborg assassin is. But it's there's there's no spiritualism in that. Like my hippie side is is not in that at all. But um, it's cold, hard steel, it, cybernetics, and and blood and guts. Cyborg assassin. <laughs> no, I mean you. I didn't even talk about that aspect of it. You write <laughs> extremely good action scenes and military-type fiction. Like, uh, a big part yeah. of the space opera aspect is not just the hero's journey through magical realism and technology, but but the, the space battles and the, the military yeah. scenes, the Navy uh, formations that you have there. Like, even down to the very um, awesome, you said, cyborg assassin aspects of it, the, yeah. the, the fights, like the combat. Um, yeah. It, it's, it's impressive, especially... Since you already are a practitioner of Shaolin, uh, of Shaolin um, Kung Fu. Mm. Well, I, I was. I haven't. I haven't practiced it for ages, to be honest. I've, I, I've always practiced yoga. I was a yoga teacher as well. Um, but, but yeah, I haven't. I haven't done Kung Fu for ages. But I love. I, I mean, I love um, fast-paced sci-fi love thriller and cyborgs and stuff like that. I love that kind of stuff. No, it's, 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 your work is incredible. It covers a wide spectrum of topics. I highly encourage everyone listening to check out and, and just support your work by, by acquiring and reading and getting those works in the public libraries, getting those works in, um, the hands of their family members. They make great gifts. Um, anyways, they're, they're, they're excellent for all ages if you have a, a small child, get get her the Fire Snake series. Get them the Fire no, Snake. No, no, no. Too, too, too many F bombs. Mackie the superhero is good, but but the Fire Snake series that that's about sex I just slaves just, and human I'm just trafficking. I'm, I'm, <laughs> but but, but the seriously, though, get, okay they're they're incredible books, and any anyone would be very uh, rewarded for reading them. Reading one, oh. reading the entire series. I plan to read as many as possible. Um, starting now, you can say I've read the Star People series, but as soon as I acquire the the funding and everything, it's going to be one of those where I'm buying a book a month, uh, joining your book club basically, um, oh. and, and helping spread the word uh, through my Instagram and social media. Once again, oh. uh, could you give us a list of your social media, your uh, website name, etc., for everyone yeah. out yeah. there so well, that they can support you? Yeah, the best thing to do is just go onto my website, which is, or, or go, you, you can always look for me on Amazon, um, look for Raina, yeah, so R-A-Y-N-E-R, that's my first name, and then yeah, which is a Chinese name, that's my surname, that's Y-E. Um, if you just if you just type that into Amazon, I don't think anyone else in the world has that name. And then you'll find one of my books, and then under the book, you'll see my name in blue, and you click on that, and that's my author profile on Amazon, and that's got all of my social media links. Or you can just go straight onto my website, which is RainerYearAuthor.com, 
and um, that's got all of my social media links. It's got Instagram, TikTok, Facebook. Um, I use Instagram and TikTok much more than Facebook. I've had quite a lot of um, sexual harassment on Facebook, quite a lot of guys trying to hit on me. I mean, um, for a long time, I I actually used a, a man's face on Facebook, I, I, I used an app on, on um, my phone to change my face into a man with a beard and everything. I have just changed it back now, but um, and I'm just ignoring kind of messenger messages from guys trying to hit on me. Now, uh, but is, yeah, I don't think uh, to have that problem with Instagram. So Facebook is a train yeah. wreck, and I have no idea what who is in charge of Facebook. But um, having recently, because I got off of Facebook around 2015 after having been using it from the very start, and within that amount of time, it had already become unwieldy and obsolete and absolutely pointless. It had no real like application or relevance in by 2015. Now, it's entirely filled with foreigners from third world countries who are just using it to exactly, harass western women. Um, and, and just bots selling viruses, like selling different, like spamming different services. Um, I believe in my inbox, um, like I remember one day opening it up after a week of not seeing it and there was like a thousand or 2000 messages that were all just bots. Like, you know, Hey baby. Hey, 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 it's really bad. It's super bad on Facebook. And it's like, I can't believe like people even authentically use it like when people are like hey hit me up on Facebook have a group and you're like oh wow why why like oh like you, you still use face it's like MySpace or it's like one of those yeah. websites it just doesn't Especially know it yet the older I think the older generation they tend to use um Facebook but to be honest I think a lot of the readers who read my books are like retired men to be honest it would be really nice to get a younger following too um, and hopefully my advertising, I'll get better at advertising so I can find more readers who are younger as well and don't just use Facebook. We'll stick in there, uh, keep with it. And like I said, it, it's, it's kind of unfortunate that the average, the modern author has to be both a publicist and an editor and a writer. Oh, yeah. It has to do everything because the services are, are it's easier to publish and self-publish but it's a hundred percent of the work and responsibility on on the author's shoulders, which is unfair. No other time in history did the author have to do so much work. You know, I know it's so much work. Yeah, that the marketing. You'll find an agent. You'll find a, a publicist. You'll find uh, the cooperators, the, the collaborators, and through a network of grassroots stuff like people just sharing and, and helping out. Uh, your future, I feel, is very bright. Please never oh, quit and never you. get discouraged. Um, if anything, just remember Van Gogh didn't sell any paintings either. Uh, many, many science fiction writers struggled with poverty, with with lack of recognition, yeah. with, with demoralization. Uh, Philip mm. K. Dick, for example, my favorite science fiction author... Oh, yeah. uh, exactly was was a pariah by the time he died even within the sci-fi community because he was tackling issues like you're tackling human trafficking mm. um, international like uh, secrets uh, space secrets things like that the interference of the alien civilizations on a mankind um, these subjects 
like, you, exactly, you, you are as inventive and as ambitious as, like, Arthur C. Clarke, as Isaac Asimov, you know, um, Frank Herbert. It, but I'm not a man. I'm not a man. I know that's, that sounds quite negative, but it's a sexist world. And neither was Arthur C. Clarke. <laughs> no, I'm joking. <laughs> That, he was a big, it was a big surprise. He was a, he's transgender. Everyone, everyone didn't realize. That's why he went to Fiji. Oh wow! <laughs> no, I'm joking. I'm joking. No, he was a pedophile. He oh, was, he was, he was a pedophile. <laughs> no, no, I was like, no, he, he was, he was a man. He was just a pedophile. That was the secret. Arthur C. Clarke secret. Oh my God! Really? Yeah, he went to Sri Lanka for a reason. Oh, gross. Yeah. Well, I mean, well, yeah. It, it was the BBC times back then, and. We know with Saville and all that, that was. Oh my gosh! Yeah, yeah. Like, there's a there's a whole theory that if you get knighted, it means that you belong to like a the, a pedophilic uh, circle or something. Oh my gosh! Yeah, I'm looking at you, Sir Rand- oh Branson. I'm looking at you, Sir whoever. Exactly. If you have Sir before your name. <sighs> oh. Exactly. That's just a conspiracy theory. Uh, at, at for now, for now. <laughs> But many times conspiracy theories turn into conspiracy facts. Like many yeah. times science fiction turns into science facts. And um, Definitely. And I believe like I say your work is is part of the twenty first century's great awakening, part of the Star Childs, the, the indigo Aww. children. Yeah, well, I'm very spiritual, that's for sure. Very, very spiritual. I love me- metaphysical stuff. I mean, even though I do write a bit of military sci-fi too, I love, love, love metaphysical stuff, the invisible. Um, well, I would love to have you back on to talk about uh, different Eastern, like, uh, metaphysical realities or being a white witch or your, your experiences um, astral projecting. Um, that piqued my interest when you spoke about visiting by the, the, the tall whites, etc., the dream walking aspect of your um, experience or if you have a few minutes now in your own words as a type of uh, you know PS to the audience you know like a postscript um, yeah. yeah could you could you just uh, talk about your your astral uh, travels your your metaphysical yeah, sure. beliefs etc yeah so um, I start I learned how to do that in the first time I astrally projected I was in in a hospital bed um, at the John Radcliffe Hospital in Oxford after a massive um, motorbike accident. I had lots and lots of um, lots of operations and things. But yeah, my, my friend, um, a skater, a bit of a crazy skater, gave me his mum's book called The Gentle Arts of Aquarian Magic. And that's where I learned about loving and respecting and worshipping the elements, Mother Earth, Mother Water, Father Fire, Father Air, and Akash, you know, Ether. And... Um, yeah, it just it it really it really lit up my heart and and I, I went to the other world. You know, I, I followed, I, I meditated. I, I lay on my, I was already in my hospital bed. I did the breathing techniques, relaxed, visualized, and, and met my met one of many um, animal guardians, spirits. You know, um, yeah, and that that's that's where it first started. And I used what? to do it quite a lot back in my university days. Like I, I did, I taught myself yoga. I, became a yoga teacher like but at the end of yoga like yeah maybe go on a shamanic journey what are some of your spirit animals um well 
actually some some of them are in in my books. So half half eagle, half man, um, all different kinds, loads and loads of different spirits, different elemental spirits. Um, oh, just loads and loads of different types. Some of them are humanoids, you know, um, like. Yeah, one one of my one of my planets is is based on on the spirit world. I so I always always went to the same world to begin with. But since I've been writing sci-fi, I've been like going to some different worlds once in a while. Um, I used to used to do magic spells and things. I'd draw a circle with the four elements and then do a spell in the circle. Um, but one time when I was in Jakarta, I did that. And I had a crystal, a rose quartz in my hand, and it flew out of my hand, and it broke the circle. And then lots of shadows came into the room, and I was so scared I never did that again. I mean, I have done lots of astral projection and So you yoga, think that was like a telekinetic response? Maybe some latent telekinesis? Or more of a ghost or invisible entity? That's what I was thinking. Um... That's what that's what I was thinking because lots of shadows came into the room, and maybe maybe the the magic it was I mean there's a thin line between black magic and white magic. Maybe it was supposed to be white magic. I mean it was like a, a love a love spell, but like self love. But I have to admit I was probably feeling a bit lonely at that time as well because I didn't have a boyfriend and I was living in Jakarta so. I guess a part of me wanted to get a boyfriend. <laughs> so maybe it was black magic. I don't know. <laughs> but I, I've never, I've never drawn a magic circle since then. I mean, how old was I then? I was 24 then, and I'm 41 years old now. But yeah, I still, I still do astral projection and journeying. It's very normal for me, really. So how a good long friend have of... you been practicing? since I was 18 so 22 years no 23 years yeah excellent excellent no I'm saying that that, people people have the misconception with this path and and traveling the path and they think that as soon as they begin they'll start seeing instant results and and exactly communicating with astral entities having visitations um, from different beings either they be jinn or shadow beings whatever you want to call them um, demons, etc. The practice of magic is long term. It's a marathon, not a sprint. And it yeah, over years, over time. But you're you seem to be naturally very powerful. You seem to be naturally very um, uh, supercharged and and very. Uh, you have a natural. Do you have any ancestral history that you know about? Any bloodline uh, involvement? Well, well, my, my mother's father, he was um, he was the captain of the Royal Air Force, and um, he he worked in Singapore. But um, even though he he was like the main captain of the Air Force, I never knew him. He died when I was in when I was in my mum's womb when she was pregnant with me. Um, but he was a spiritualist, and he used to go to spiritualist churches and things, and do like séances and things, which is quite weird for a military man. So. Is it? Sometimes I wonder if I'm his his reincarnation, you know, just wondering. Yes. Oh my like, god, that that's absolutely what I, I was just thinking. I was just absolutely yeah, thinking that too. Yeah, I got his eyes. Like no one else in the family has his um has the green eyes, kind of dark green eyes. But I, my mom said I've got his the same eyes as him, same color eyes, which is a bit weird. And and he died when I was when she was pregnant with me. You but should look into R H negativity. 
RH negative bloodlines. Have you ever researched RH negative bloodlines? No, I haven't. No. People with colored eyes have generally they're RH negative, and RH negative has been called the alien bloodline because it has no roots in human evolution, genetically. Uh, you know, uh, in the mainstream, that is they say proof that our DNA was engineered by the extraterrestrials, the Anunnaki, the Tall Whites, the Reptilians, uh, many different explanations. But you could be part of a reptilian hybrid DNA line. Um, the RAF captainship, or the service and, and rank of your uh, father is... Grandfather. Oh, your grandfather is very um, elite. Let's just say that. It, that's the Royal Air Force. That was... Yeah, and he was the captain-captain kind of thing. Like, he was commanded all the captains that's in Singapore. Elite. Yeah, that's elite. That has direct connection with the crown, with the monarchy, and with the, uh, in, you know, the royal royal bloodline. Oh, I'm such an anti-monarchist, though, to be honest. Uh, probably because you've seen the truth in a past life and were, um, you know, rebelling against what you formerly served. That's possible. People do that all the time. They serve one army, and then they end up hating that army and fighting against it. People serve <laughs> one country, and then end up hating that country and spying against it. You know what I'm saying? But that's a thing. People have uh, changes of heart. And... Oh, yeah. Very much, very interesting. Past life, uh, past lives are real. I believe in spiritualism. Oh, I, oh me too. I, so, I really believe in that. And the Chinese do too, to be honest. And I think I was probably a Chinese in my past life. Because since I was a little kid, I always loved, like, just the chi China really fascinated me. And um, I, I always loved the evil Chinese villains the <laughs> in Fu space Manchus? opera, like Flash Gordon and yes, stuff. And the and Fu Manchus. In little China. <laughs> Absolutely. China is incredibly interesting and incredibly attractive at it, in the ancient aspects the history of it the culture the yeah. symbolism the art oh, the clothes like everything the names uh, the language it's it's like um, a moth to a flame personally like in in my own ignorance and naivety of it i i've already realized that there, there's no one who knows everything about China. Not even the Chinese. Oh, no. It, it's, no. It's mysterious even to the Chinese. That's what I'm saying. Like, I've learned that the veil of time, the mist of time, um, you know, it's it's a mystery as big as Atlantis, as ancient Egypt. It's like Cleopatra. The pyramids were ancient by the time Cleopatra was born. They had already Aww. been there for thousands of years. She didn't know where they came from. That's how mysterious ancient the ancient world is. In China, same thing. 10,000 years of history. Different dynasties, different emperors, different um, epochs. Um, yeah. Entire millennia of a, of a unified nation that we know as China, but as they know as Zhengdao. The country in the middle. Yeah, <coughs> Zhongguo in Mandarin. Uh, how do you how do you pronounce it? 
Chongo. So Chongo. Yeah, Chongo means middle and the middle. means Chongo. country. Yep, and it's, it's such a humble right. you'll name. You'll probably use the Cantonese. You're, maybe you're speaking the Cantonese. No, I, I cannot pronounce it to save my life. That's all I know. <laughs> no, I, I could be reading the word on a piece of paper and get it entirely oh, wrong. And oh, yeah, I, I speak Mandarin, but that's just because I, I lived over there. My husband's Mandarin. My husband's from mainland China. My And, and then... My in-laws, they can't speak English, so just from staying with them a lot, I just like picked it up over about 15 years, so I can I can speak it. Um, just basic conversations, you know, not massive conversations about politics or science or anything. I, I I know enough to know the three different regions. I know enough to know um, Cantonese and Mandarin are the two most popular yeah. languages. Yeah. And I, I know enough to know that most Chinese that you meet as a foreigner are Han Chinese. Oh, yes. But every, but everything else I can only read about, basically. The, the Chinese that I met were American expats, but they were Chinese nationals from Nanjing. Yeah. And they were uh, as good of teachers as I could ask for, but they themselves uh, were the reason why I know that no one, even in China, knows about China. Like, yes, they could speak the language, but they hadn't yeah. read, like, The Three Kingdoms. And I had read an English version of The Three Kingdoms. You know, yeah. like, like, things like that. Like, it, they're just like Americans. They're just like anyone. Like, just like the, the, the British. They, they're alive. They're not the, they're, they're not experts on, on where they're from. They're just simply living. They're being, they're, they're figuring it oh, all yeah. out just like we are. And, and um, you know, I would love to go there. I would love to spend time there and, and study in the countryside, in the southern lands, in the jungles, and uh, uh, to see the national parks. That would be really neat. Oh, uh, yeah. I think yeah, the parks beautiful. I'm not a big fan of the cities. I'm not a big fan of Shanghai. Oh, I'm no. not a big fan of Beijing. Oh, very no, I, I want the countryside. I want the pyramids. I want to see, like, um, the the real interior of the country. Yeah, the mountains and yes, the mountains, the mist, the forest, the panda, the panda bamboo, all that. Stay in a Buddhist, stay in a Buddhist temple or something in the countryside. That would be nice. Study kung fu in a mountain and climb up a lot of stairs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, smoking yeah, they a lot of cigarettes. Smoking a lot of cigarettes while doing it. Man, and, you know, it's been great <laughs> talking to you. I, I really enjoyed this conversation. I really oh, have a smile on my face right now. Uh, Renee oh, Ray, um, absolutely, I could not recommend your work more than I am right now possibly the best science fiction author I have read oh, writing on. currently. He has a write, writing currently, writing work in the last five years. Um, oh, no. Criminally underrated, and I'm going to do my best to try to get uh, advertising, you know, and promotional um, work for all your 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 novels um, from here on out, and absolutely, oh. you're welcome back anytime. I would love to talk about any of these subjects or any specific novel the creative writing process, the UFO uh, reality, the community, like the intersection between 
uh, the different communities of theories and thoughts and, and how that has been represented in your work or, um, you know, even your personal experiences, your journey, your, your experience in the um, Orient and the uh, experience in the South Pacific. Oh, thank you. And um, I would love to read your book because you said that you're writing yourself. You're writing a book, aren't you? Yes, I'm writing a collection of short stories. Uh, oh, I would love to read Reading your stories, them. I'm even thinking about expanding them to a series of novellas. And I didn't oh, yes, want to make this about. Better. Yeah, I didn't want to um, make this at all about myself. But uh, coincidentally, you know. I am writing in the similar genre of yourself, which are these uh, space operas that take place with many different characters and they intersect in the world either directly or tangentially, where one one character's actions will affect the life of another character, and you'll see that over the course of three or four stories. Like, you'll follow someone as they grow, one story being set in their say early teenage years and the last story being set in their geriatric last days wow. of their life and how wow that sounds brilliant I didn't ha- I hadn't read about your story I hadn't, I hadn't even known um, exactly because you're it's so obscure and it's so uh, new that I actually found your work while while looking for modern science fiction I wanted to get some inspiration and everything and I saw your work and I was like oh wow you've You've uh, beaten me to it. You placed your flag there first, in the the very classic UK way. But the the world is big enough for everyone, and we can be collaborators. We can be inspirations. You can be an inspiration. I don't have to feel contempt or jealousy or, or any negative oh, thing. Oh no, 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 no! I mean, I I I I used I used to feel well. Sometimes I feel a bit like that when I see the other sci-fi authors right. that. It's a human like reaction to be like, oh, now I can't write this because someone else wrote it. And I'm like, no, I think the subject is real, and the subject is as diverse as any war. If you want to write a, a book about the Cold War, there are, anyone can, everyone should, exactly, everyone can. It's a, a good subject to write on. The Middle Ages, <laughs> it, it, no, one, no one owns reality. And oh, it, definitely not. We're all part of one cosmic consciousness, yes. you know. So many, many people will have exactly the same idea because we're all connected. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. This is more proof and valid. And so, I, I that's why I wanted to reach out to you and invite you on the program because while you may think it's fiction, you do you you do admit to having these metaphysical connections to a greater reality that oh, others. Definitely just need to be others could not accept so people say well this is a thing I I, I do like you know they kind of are bashful and shameful or reticent to yeah. admit it but in and reality call it new, new age new age hippie shit or something you exactly. know exactly no that's the thing like people don't want to be like yeah I write science fiction stories because this is what I think is really this is what I feel this is what I think is really going on they'll just say they're yeah. fiction stories and they'll kind of wait for the the reaction or remain distant and not attached to their theories. I think it's the same thing That's with like uh, with authors and philosophy. Like in the 20th mm. century, authors would write stories 
but not call themselves philosophers. But the st- philosophy of the author would be the story. Like the morality, the ethics, the right and wrong, the, the you know, the forces of human psychology would be explored through what they would call fictions. It's been yeah. traditionally accepted that this isn't real life. But if you read like J.D. Salinger's Catcher in the Rye, that is psychological, that is philosophical, that is ethical, that is all these flowery academic, um, you know, high intellectual concepts distilled in a narrative, a quote-unquote fiction story. And that's why that book is so successful. That's why books themselves are incredibly successful, from the works of Shakespeare to um, the novels currently being written and published now. It's because they're fictions of real-life complexities. And they help people understand the world that they exist in. And this is I know I went to college for this, but this is common sense. Yeah. Nothing is mer- merely just to distract or to entertain. Everything has a lesson. Everything has a morality. Even the shows meant for literal infants are there to teach them about the real world. I hadn't thought about it like that, but... Very few people do. Which is why I said, like, if you wrote a book about World War II, or the Cold War, and it was completely fictive, you're Mm. still writing about reality, and using pieces to create a story, pieces of reality to create a new story, but the pieces, the basic elements are real. Like... Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Like, when I was... When um, my main character was kind of smashing the interstellar sex slavery rings and things a part of me felt like I was actually smashing those rings you know that I was bringing down human trafficking (laughs) mind over matter isn't it abracadabra from nothing there is something and and it's it's very much the way that if you think it you can do it or if there's a will there's a way first a thought then an action law of manifestation this is the idea that what people think is new age bullshit like you said new age hippie shit is actually ancient alchemical ancient magic from Atlantis where you write like summoning circles grimoires spells grammar for example what we use in our novels and our poetry and our fictions grammar comes from the the, uh, grimoires the, the term grimoire which is a book of magical spells. Wow. You know, to to gra- to use grammar is also high. Uh, it's a devolution of uh, uh, the English word for glamour. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, or, or it's it's either vice versa because both of those have magical connotations to hypnotize and to like to to control the mind of someone. Like, you know, wow. a vampire can glamour someone, they can use the mind, the hypnosis. The same yeah. thing with writers, with scribes, with the literate. That's the reason why things like holy texts were coveted and are treated with such extreme respect. It's because those, those, there's a very fine line between fiction, like a novel, 
and a Bible. And people yeah. can, people can look through the historical accurate it's it's the same thing as saying this is a story and this is a holy text, a holy verse. Wow. You know, think about it. It's a very fine line. Yeah, I mean I think I think that writing is like a form of meditation. Um and I love I love writing. I'm so pleased, even though I'm not making much money yet. I will. But anyway, I'm so pleased spiritually that I chose this route because writing is like a form of visualization, astral projection, shamanism. You're you're stepping into these different characters, these different worlds, you're shape shifting and you're creating stories and it's just it's just like really really fun and it's not just fun maybe you really are creating these realities or maybe you're you're stepping into these worlds that already exist i don't know but yeah i think writers are a bit like shapeshifters really and perhaps they're not even creating these worlds perhaps these worlds do already exist they're creating the world like the world created them to create that world in this Ouroboros cycle, this Mobius strip of, of, of circular continuity where the universe produces fiction writers and storytellers that create the world in dreams and in fantasies that will then become realities. It creates the people who dream it into existence. Oh. I know, right? That's what I'm saying. Like, while people think they, if people can't even accept the fact that aliens exist and are visiting us, or that timeline that like you can time travel, people aren't ready for the real truth of metaphysics, which is, yes, we are all a dream and dreaming ourselves into being. Yeah, yeah. You know definitely. that from the Eastern mysticisms. We are all. The, the creations of ourselves and that this is a people like to say simulation in science fiction yeah. Maya was, as, was, was the dream world of, created by Brahma and, and, or created by Vishnu oh. it's the same thing with like Zen Buddhism with, uh, with um, you know um, ancient religions all over the world it's not it's not like you're ever disconnected from the great genesis of the universe, from the great source of all existence. You can call that God. You can call that the Tao. You know, it, it has many names. The Brahma. It, yeah. Space and time. We're all connected in the same fabric. And quantum physics is starting to not explain that, but show that things are not just what you can see, isn't it? So, like the the moon, the moon only exists when you're looking at it, or some really strange theories, which maths, which which um, math, mathematics, it's suitable for mathematics, but alternate oh, I don't timelines? know. No alternate timelines, alternate realities, multiple universes. All of that's now becoming "quote unquote" modern science. But it's yeah, existed it's forever. Yeah, it's crazy. It's so cool. I love it. But it's existed forever. No scientist invented gravity. It's not like oh, before God. gravity was discovered, quote unquote, that it was it didn't apply. 
we it's like when scientists yeah, open that. their eyes and see, oh hey, time travel's possible. Time travel's always been possible. Yeah. Oh hey, multiple realities exist uh, simultaneously. Yes, they've mm-hmm. always existed simultaneously, and just like a Roman could have met an alien, a tall white, and gotten on a spaceship and traveled the stars and recreated the Roman Empire on a separate world. <laughs> all all you need to know is that everything is possible because it really is possible. Yeah. And that's another good thing about writing, like you can you can go on a crazy journey, you don't even have to plan it. Exactly. And, it's all automatic. Yeah. And I've absolutely had an incredible time speaking to you. You're very charming. Aww. You're incredibly well spoken. Very. You're you're a very um, inspiring person. Thank you. An incredible human being. Incredible author. Uh, Renee Ye. Uh, please go to her website. Um, support her. Uh, go to her Amazon list, support her, go to her Instagram. I'll post all the links in the description box below. Um, Renee Ye, from, from, the, uh, from the bottom of my heart, sincerely, uh, Namaste, Shalom. I bow to the Buddha in you. Thank you very much for gracing us with your presence and sharing your knowledge to the world in the, in the form of your literature. Um, I, I absolutely look forward to reading your works. I absolutely look forward to digesting oh, your truths. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much, Michael. Um, light and love um, and compassion and namaste and satnam. I love kundalini yoga, so I'll say that as well. <laughs> well, he said you are okay. invited back anytime. I'll, I'll post, uh, I'll post uh, your works and you'll be able to see that and everything. And we'll stay in touch. And um, exactly, we, we must simply have another conversation as soon as possible. Oh, lovely, yeah, and you, you take care and keep smiling and, yeah, in, don't enjoy. Don't be a stranger to, yeah, moment. don't be a stranger at, at all, don't be a stranger. Thank you very much. Okay, thank you, bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. Shalom. Awesome. And that was Renair Ye, and that was uh, an incredible conversation. Uh, to have with an incredible author like I said everyone out there in dreamland definitely go check her out support her um, read her works that is a window into the cosmic reality the secret space wars the secret space programs the cosmic order the Vedic universe that we live in the space opera that we're currently in this isn't science fiction it's science fact Thank you all very much. Sincerely, listeners new and old. Namaste and shalom. Iron sharpens iron. And a friend sharpens a friend. I'm the Beyond Top Secret Texan. And you've listened to the Beyond Top Secret Texan podcast. Peace out. <laughs>